Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Um, Between Easter and Pentecost, which was last Sunday, we've been in a series looking at power lines. I wonder if the slide could just come up. And um, we took... Um, all of the time, 50 days, and we did Power 50 together. We did, um, we did a different devotion every day on the subject of the power of the Holy Spirit, right up until Pentecost, which it finished last Sunday. Um, and Sarah and I, we just wanted to sit and have a conversation and a chat, and maybe just as a church, look over that series. What was God saying to us? What was um, shared over that time about the Holy Spirit coming. You know, um, Jesus died and rose again at Easter, and then there are 50 days to Pentecost, which was when the church was born. The church was born on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was sent as our helper. Holy Spirit is part of God, just the nature of God, um, and was sent to help us. And that happened on Pentecost, just 50 days after Easter. Um, And that was when the church was born. And um, we've had this series just to look at to see if we could rebirth Com Church. Can we see the Holy Spirit born in our midst again? And we're going to just talk about some of the messages that we've heard over that time. Yeah, so we had, it was a seven-part series um, in the end. And we started off, well, Easter kind of kicked it off, I guess making it eight. Um, And Helena was looking at the same power. And we were really starting to see that, you know, the Bible says that we can work in the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And then um, over the next few weeks, we started looking. So we're just going to do a really quick recap. But honestly, if you missed any, I really encourage you to go online and listen to them. Um, So you can just go on to the Comchurch website and you just have to download SoundCloud. It's free, um, but it's really good to just catch up because um, every week was just so amazing in this series. And um, so <laughs> and now I'm going to say that and I'm saying, so I started with, <laughs> I did, yeah, mine was what, it, was what it was. So uh, I started with just trying to look at why we needed um, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been talking Many of you in Comchurch, you know, we've been talking about our vision of the two train tracks, the, the two um, train lines, and, and then building our groups and the things that we're doing around that, building that as carriages. But we said that if it's not connected to the power, then we're not going to go anywhere. We're not going to achieve anything. We're not going to do anything. So we're just sort of really looking at why we need to be connected to the power line. And then we had that amazing testimony from Vicky Blackman, who just shared um, Nick's sort of final days before he left this earth and just how he'd really sort of grasped the fully surrendering his life to Christ. The Romans 8 scripture had really meant so much to him. Um, and it was amazing. We heard, we heard this, the story about how Nick really felt, um, Nick and the one that came after, um, um, what was Velveeta. Velveeta did. We, we heard about how close heaven yeah. was to earth, how, how close the things of the spirit are to us. We often... Um, think of God and heaven as being a long way away, as distant, as out in the galaxies and out there. And we really felt for this series we needed to bring heaven much closer. You know, it's really, there's a thin veil. We talked about my dad's experience. He passed away April, um, a year year before. Um, And 
he was, for the last weeks of his life, was closer to heaven than he was to earth in the last few weeks of his life. And there's a very thin veil between yeah. heaven and earth. Yeah, definitely. And, it, and I think it just started thinking about eternal living. And that's the thing is that we can get so caught up in the here and now. We can get so caught up in the things that are bothering us and what we're focusing on now. But actually, it's remembering that there is a heaven. There is a hell. There is something coming after life and as you said with you know we were close with that we saw that with your dad didn't we and again it's really easy to kind of shrug it off when you hear stories of people in other countries but when your own mother-in-law is telling you he just saw an angel or he just saw someone standing in the room or he's just had a vision of the window of heaven where there's a brick wall we see a brick wall but he saw a window into heaven and and it's when you see that so closely and then again close friends and other people saying their their relatives experience the same thing and you're just thinking come on like heaven is so close what we read and again we'll get into this but what we read all through our acts what we read throughout the new testament you know jesus was doing it then and he wants to do it now and the thing is sometimes i think it's easily forgotten and so it was really yeah that it was out of that come on guys what what if our shadows, like Peter, like, you know, and then cloths like Paul, what if that would just heal the sick just by us being there, just our presence, because we're so full of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's still loads more I love talking about that. And then the week after, Ron McKinney looked on healing, and, and um, he was focusing on the Romans 8, 11, the verse 11 of that scripture. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives within you. So he was looking at healing, but also it's, you know, it's that power. It's not just, um, okay, I'm going to wait till we get to heaven, therefore I'm just going to hang on until we get there. No, Jesus encourages us, doesn't it? And Paul encourages us through Romans 8 is that heaven can be on earth now that we want to see the things of heaven. Jesus prayed it as, as on earth, as it is in heaven. And that's another thing just for us to, to remember. And then, do you want to speak about Vel and Steve's week? Or just... Yeah, amazing. Um, Velveeta and Steve Thompson came and they shared their story about how she'd been in a coma for five weeks. Five weeks in a coma. Um, and during that time... Her husband, Steve, was showing out how he kept visiting the hospital during that time and going and seeing her. And then towards the end of that five weeks, he felt a challenge to take his guitar into the, into the ward and play worship music over her. But the whole five weeks, she was in a vision of heaven. And like one day when he was just playing his guitar, she opened her eyes and came back to our scene of time and was just... Well, I don't know what you're all worried about. What have you been worried about? And her experience was, I've been in heaven. And she described the experiences that she'd had. And it was a, another reminder. There were many aspects to what she shared and what she saw. We can't touch on them all this morning. No way. But um, one thing that just sticks with me was how close heaven is yeah. to earth. Yeah. And how close the spirit realm is to us. We're, we're to be walking in the spirit and to be recognising that we're spiritual beings as well as human beings, we're spiritual beings too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah out of all of them, I think that was probably my favourite week. And if any, if you only listen to one, then go... I won't and... take that personally, since oh, we were the week, well, I was the week after. I did after. one too. All right. But... I'm sat right here, I can hear what you're saying. 
But I really, I just really loved it. And what, <laughs> all the others were really great too. <laughs> but what I loved was um, that they weren't sensational in their testimony. They didn't, like they weren't making it up, but it was, it, the thing that actually really struck me with Vel was that um, she was saying she'd seen, so again, go and listen to it, otherwise it won't all make sense, but she saw connections over people. So she was looking down and she saw people in the world and, and she saw, and she said it was like crystal water connecting different people. And she asked the angel or whoever it was that she was with, you know, what is that? And she said, that's the banner of love. And in Psalms, it talks about his banner of love is over me. And again, this is why I loved it because everything that she said, you could find a scriptural basis for it. So that was what was amazing. And then, but in that, then as they continued to watch, she then saw that actually some of the crystal waters were muddy and they weren't pure, they weren't clean. And, and she said, well, you know, what's that? And she said, well, that's where people have let offence and bitterness get between them. And, and, and it just muddies the love. That, and actually, it almost blocks the perfect love that Jesus has for all of us when we hold offence and bitterness and resentment and that muddied it. But then, and I'd not heard her say this before, and the bit that floored me was then, she said when she saw the people worshipping God, that same love crystal was returned, that crystal waters was returned to God. But in that, so went the mud. So went the muddy bits. And I was just like, because you can kind of think, okay, I, you know, I get that I want to make sure there's nothing between me and the next person because I want that to be pure. We all want to be pure. You know, we want to be to have that relationship good. But then we all think, well, maybe this is just me. But I just think, oh no, God, I am a pure worshiper. What I'm giving you is honest, is pure, is is clear, is whole. And then the fact that actually, when, what does the Bible says? If you don't love your brother who you do see, how can you love God who you don't see? And it was that realization for me that actually anything I've got going on with someone on this level affects my worship. And I was just, that just really hit me um, hearing that. And Amazing. it's been a great, yeah, great lesson. After, after that, um, Uncle Vernon came, mm -hmm. who's um, my uncle came, who's been the CEO of a great ministry, the Gideon Bible Group that put the Bibles. I don't know if you've ever been to a hotel and seen a Bible in in the hotel um, that's put there by the organization that my uncle used to run here in UK and Europe. And then we just talked about www.powerlines, yeah. how the move of the Holy Spirit is a worldwide web. It's a web that stretches all around the world. We're not part of a movement that is small this morning. We're part of something massive around the globe that in third world countries, the Church of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit movement is growing quicker than the natural birth rate. And we're part of something huge and amazing. And sometimes when we come to church, we can lose sight of the world wide web that we're a part of. And together we shared, Uncle Vern and I, we just talked about how why the Holy Spirit comes on us. Why is the Holy Spirit coming on you? We're so used to coming to church and then, like, even in the worship this morning, we were responding to God's call on our lives and we came to the front and we received from heaven and a touch from heaven. And um, we're so used to that kind of in our environment, but 
We looked at why the Holy Spirit comes on you. It doesn't come on you to give you an experience in a meeting, in a church, inside four walls of a building. That's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming on you. Um, so let me read Acts 1.8. This is what Uncle Vernon and I just shared that Sunday, was to keep focused why the Holy Spirit comes on us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness to Jerusalem, to Judea, and to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The reason the Holy Spirit comes on us is so that we can go out into the world and be a witness. That's the purpose for the Holy Spirit, not to give you a great feeling, not to give you goosebumps, though those things may happen, not to, um, so that you can shake and just even, not even, not even, not even just so that like, you get what you need, the things that you need for your life. Not even that. The reason the Holy Spirit comes on us is so that our lives produce the fruit that prove Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. That's why our lives are to be the proof producers that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And we're to go out into this world and we're to share the gospel. And that is why we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because, you know, it's quite easy for, as a, as a church, not our church, I mean, as a church as a whole, to, you know, kind of want to experience that. And we say, oh, the Holy Spirit was really there. And what we mean was, you know, the worship team were good, the preacher was good, we had a lovely time, and then we went home. And, and that can be the extent of, oh, our Holy Spirit was there. Maybe there was a couple of healings, or maybe someone spoke in tongues or gave a prophecy. Do you know what I mean? And that's the Holy Spirit. But again, I was just reading again last night, and actually the Holy Spirit that I want to see in our church is the same Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary, the same Spirit that knocked down dead Ananias and Sapphira, the same Holy Spirit that meant a man, Stephen, could stand there and be stoned to death, but stand there and say, Jesus, into your hands I commit my spirit. And to see Philip transported from around 15 miles away in a snap of a second, that is the Holy Spirit I want to see in Com Church. Now, and Julian shared on his week about the hailstones falling in the ball ring in Madrid, a covered ball ring, bright sunshine outside, and hailstones fall down just because Maurice Sorello like, declared that Spain belongs to Jesus, not to the enemy. And do you know what? Why? Why did he do that? Because he's God and he can. And, you know, this is what I think is, is church. Sometimes we so box Jesus in and, and we think we don't but we still do and and that's why I was saying when I was really reading about the power of the spirit I can't even comprehend someone comes to me and says I've been impregnated by the Holy Spirit would be like yes love sure you have of course you have that happens quite a have. lot in Houghton yeah. Regis and Dunstable as well by the way it's, it's one like, of the highest rates at the minute impregnation by the Holy Spirit <laughs> And um, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, I mean, Julian went to Sri Lanka and I was like, I'll go when they invent teleporting because the thought of that flight and then all that travel. And I'm like, but Jesus has already done that. Like, can you, can you wrap your brains around that? You're like, Sarah, you are talking bonkers. It's in the Bible. Yeah. I can't understand it. I've got no earthly explanation. Well, maybe Jesus just did this and maybe it was that. And that's why, I'm sorry, I get, sometimes I get, Julian told me off because we should give thanks and we should give thanks. But sometimes, in all, in all things, but it frustrates me sometimes when we make the, some of the little things. And don't get me wrong because we should be thankful of the little things. 
But sometimes I'm like, we can focus on the small things because actually the big things we can't even comprehend and we couldn't even believe for. And I'm like, God, okay, that is awesome. But I know you've got even more power than that. And, and as Julian has rightly said, it's not just so our lives are easier because actually sometimes the, the Holy Spirit, you might need more of the Holy Spirit to go through something rather than to be removed from it. So like Stephen, Stephen wasn't saved. He died, but he died amazingly. Uh, full of the I Holy spoke, Spirit. I spoke in the first service about a pendulum swinging and church circles yeah. seem, it seems the pendulum seem, seems to swing a lot in church circles. Like, unless the sensational's happening, then the Holy Spirit can't be working. And then the swing, like, oh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't, doesn't do that. He has order. And like, different churches have the pendulum swinging between where they feel the Holy Spirit is. And I just want us to, perhaps as Com Church, we can move away from that way of thinking um, that we're either, it has to be sensational in order for it to be the Holy Spirit working, or either um, that just um, the the small things aren't aren't celebrated either. I just think both of those things need to happen. And, and we need to be open to God doing it the way he wants to do it. First and foremost, the way I want it to happen may not be the way God wants it to happen. So I might get excited about the sensational, excited about the big things. And God goes, no, I have a still small voice yeah, and I'm going to do exactly. it quietly over here. And then Equally, you might be someone that feels comfortable with the still small voice and God goes, I'm going to do something that's going to blow your mind over here. Do you come in and sit in your chair and go, God, whatever you want, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. It's both. It's definitely both. And then prayer spoke. um, And again, this was one of my favorites too. Sorry, okay. Julian. No, but I thought it was just... <laughs> I didn't come. I didn't come to your one prayer. I wasn't in church. That's you can something. listen Sorry again. SoundCloud. Good. No, but I love this because, again, you know, very often people can ask us, well, what is our evangelistic strategy? What is this? What is that? How should we be doing stuff? And, and then for, like, the last couple of weeks now, I've just been listening to prayers sermon so actually you've just made my job easier I'm like listen to prayer sermon that wraps it up all in a bow if you want to know how to evangelize if the word evangelism scares you or you think you're frustrated because we don't have an evangelistic group and that's something right from the beginning we spoke about that actually we chose not to have an evangelistic division because actually we should all be doing it. And, and prayer was speaking about it should be part of our culture. Yeah. And how it was talking about how it's not I, but it's Christ in me. And just talking again about being that salt, that light, and really making sure again, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are walking in our everyday lives um, as evangelists, as people that are shining. Um, what you know what God is doing and that is shining through us and I absolutely love that and and again even if you were here let's go and re-listen to that again because it's one of those things that I think we would need reminding daily especially in our work day where our colleagues are probably doing our head in it's like just remember that you might be the only Jesus they ever ever meet if you went and tried to stop them on the street they'd look at you like uh, no thanks mate or they would never walk through those back doors. But the fact is, they do sit in the desk next to you. And so that's, that might be the only Jesus they will ever see. So I really loved that. And then we had Carl. You weren't here for that one either. No, sorry. Pray for him. He was backsliding. No, he was away. <laughs> you were preaching in other, well, preaching in other churches, weren't you? Uh, and riding elephants. 
Um, so we had Carl Johnson, who's the pastor from Letchworth, um, an Elim church in Letchworth, came over, and he was great again. So he knew the the theme, and he spoke about staying connected to the vine, and not only connected to the vine, but Jesus said he was the true vine thereby implying that there are false or fake vines that we can connect to. And he was saying, you know, we want to produce fruit and we want to, he looked at the fruits of the spirit, but the fact is we will produce the fruit of whichever vine we're connected to. So if there is fruit that is not the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, we need to check which vine are we actually connected to and are we connected to the true vine and just that, you know, he was saying that those that aren't connected will wither and they will die. There is no in-between, and, and that's what we see in nature, isn't it? If you cut yourself off from the vine, you will wither and die. There is no two ways about it. You might will that vine to stay alive. You might will that branch to not die, but it just will. And that's the same. If we cut ourselves off from the Holy Spirit, if we cut ourselves off from Jesus, if we cut ourselves off from meeting together, we will wither and die. And then Helena wrapped it up last week, which was Pentecost Sunday, and it was great. And, and it was really, it was, again, looking at the power, the, the strong power. And read, we read through Acts 1 again and, and touched on the beginning of Acts 2. But at the end of the day, and I love it, it and I always see that same frustration in Helena. It's just the power to get the job done. And that's it. It's let's just get the job done, church. And in that, but it's not in our might and it's not in our power, but it's in the Holy Spirit's power to get the job done, to be a witness, to be a proper true witness. And that's the thing because when Peter was preaching and all those people got saved, he had no clue what he was going to say. He didn't sit there and plan out his five-point sermon. He didn't sit there and go to theological college and learn all the ifs and buts and that's. He, although he was learned, he did know, but he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit and he preached. God gave him the words to say. And that's why when, if before I said to you, speak to your coworker and that fills you with horror, all you have to ask is, Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. It's amazing. The thing you'll notice about this series on the power lines, we sat down beforehand and we said, um, we said, well, how are we going to do this? This is a lot of weeks. I, I don't like a series that runs for so many weeks. Four weeks is the max that I like a series because I get bored easily, and like lots of you do as well, I know. Um, and like, I like to move on to the next thing. And we said, we want to run this for Pentecost, 50 days, and it filled me with dread. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be bored by the time that comes around. And um, we were like, how are we going to present this for those eight or nine weeks? And it was tabled that we talk about the fruits of the Spirit or we talk about the gifts of the Spirit and we highlight one every week, which on the face of it seemed like an amazing idea to me. I was like, I can cope with that. I can, I can handle that. Like, we'll follow a theme and then the look will change every week and we'll all be interested until Pentecost came. But the challenge came to us that that's the culture that church has around the world today. And that's what God wants to change, is that we're seeking the fruit and we're seeking the gift and we're forgetting the giver of the fruit and the giver of the gift. So this is the point that we really, as Sarah and I, we wanted to close on this series, although I'm hoping that when you set culture, there is no close. It lives on in all of our lives. But we get 
I mean, we've talked in creative for hours on end about healing and how to present healing in church and God, and God doing healing. And that's one fruit. There are so many fruits that we can see and talk about. We could talk about the fruit of self-control in our lives, the, the fruit of long-suffering, being, being long-suffering. How needed is that in our world today? that we're long-suffering with each other in a culture where I'm going to defriend you instantly. I'm going to cut you off instantly. I don't want anything to do with you because you've said something to me that's really upset me. The Bible says, Julian, even though that person's got a problem, you need to be long-suffering. And what an amazing thing. And we could have done that week on week on week and looked at a different aspect, a different gift, a different uh, thing. Um, we could have, uh, like, we love healing and we want to see that happening in our midst and that's up to God but ultimately what we need is a people that are members of Com Church, strong, strong Christians that are not seeking the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's not the main thing for us not seeking the gift but that we take the time to live our lives every day by the Spirit seeking the giver of the fruit seeking the giver of the gift and if we do that and we get that in order you won't be able to stop God healing people. You won't be able to stop the move of self-control in our lives and us not having... How, how many things that go wrong in our lives were simply because we didn't operate self-control? When you look out at our community today and you see people like all day long stream, streaming up to the drug rehabilitation unit that is right next door to our other church and there's a constant stream of people coming into that place to receive what they need and the drugs that replace the worst drugs but they just treat it with another chemical so that people feel good about themselves. How much in our community today is self-control lost? And many of the fruits of the bad things that happen are because we don't have that. But if we get back to seeking God, if we get back to seeking the face of God and we prioritise that, those things will come into our lives and the fruits and the gifts will come into our lives just simply by making sure we're seeking the giver of the fruit and the giver of the gift. And I think, and again, we just want to keep bringing to the forefront the power of the Holy Spirit because, you know, you just touched on... The, the drug rehab and, and then actually within that we had a Cafe Con Jesus and um, we had Antonio bring his testimony and at the beginning like by the end of it I was like oh so what's the take home because you know it wasn't oh and this person shared their faith and then I got saved like he just really got arrested by the Holy Spirit but then as I started thinking about that and praying about that I thought actually what an amazing place for that testimony to have been dropped in this series. And, you know, we've been working with different people and, and self-control is just something that's so far out of their reach, isn't it? And But the Holy Spirit comes and is no respecter of a person. I mean, you read the story of Paul where he was Saul and then the Holy Spirit just came and grabbed him. Now, why Jesus does that to certain people, I've got no idea. But maybe, just maybe, if we start really fervently praying that like the Holy Spirit just whispered in Antonio's ear and said, no, you've got to come with me, you've got to follow me. Because unless it is a complete move of God, unless it is the Holy Spirit through and through, it, there's no hope, is there? There is no hope for a lot of people in a lot of areas of society. And as the church, 
we have got to be able to offer that real hope. And that is the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And, but again, he will do it in a way that we might have to stand back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you do it. And so church, I just want to encourage you to really take that area where you think it will be impossible for man to change a situation. But God, we know that you can. But I think through our prayers and through our heart cries, I just believe it has to move the heart of God to do that. So, yeah. Absolutely. So we come to the front of church. We want to see an outward expression that we can put our finger on, that we're comfortable to say, look, that was the Holy Spirit moving and and we're in a culture in church where it's great we love testimony and we want testimony and testimony will there's an amazing promises about what can happen when you give testimony but we can't do that out of ego for wanting to build church I know of just like it's not a promotional exercise to advertise the Holy Spirit to our community although it can seem that and it can be used as that it is a true encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit that our community needs yeah. and what all of us need. And I want to encourage you, when you respond in church on, a, on Sundays and at times when you come, and we have to have this time, I said last week, didn't I, about how it's our job to make sure the troops are fed. That's the yeah. point in what we're doing here this morning. The point is so that we can come together as the troops and we can share our challenges and we can share our frustrations and we can make a plan and a strategy together and then we can go back out to, our hum- to, our, to, the, to the people in our world and into our communities and we can do the Acts 1-8 business of the Holy Spirit being in our lives. And that's what this moment is for. Yeah. And when we come together and we respond with our needs and we just want to see the Holy Spirit move and there have been different waves of the Holy Spirit in the past. I remember different people like just falling about laughing and all of that stuff. I just pray that we will be a church that looks to God and says, God, do it your way. Do it your way and do it new. So we're going to close this morning. Have you got anything else you want to say before I pull yeah, this into well, line? I just think, again, you know, we want to make sure that every week that people hear about the Holy Spirit. And I just, you know, again, I was reading Acts 19 and, and it was saying that, that some of the new believers didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's not, there's not like a qualification process other than here I can see. Paul asked them, there he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, well, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. So Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all there. And that's what we want to, you know, any time that people do come to Com Church, we want them to know that the Holy Spirit is here. And if there is anyone today that hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit, then we would love to just come and pray with you. And, you know, the John's baptism they're talking about is the, the baptism in water. That's all that they knew at that time. And so, again, we have to keep teaching this. We have to keep teaching that the Holy Spirit is a very real part of our love walk with, with God and with Jesus. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit as our enabler, as our comforter, as our helper. And we need it. And without it, I would say we we can do very little. Amen. Why don't we stand together? We're going to read the count 
of the Holy Spirit coming to the people that were gathered in the upper room. There was an upper room and they came together um, all in unity. The Bible says in one accord and they were in unity. That's one of the points I want to close on today. When we come to do church like we're doing today, I'm challenged by it. I'm like, God, I don't see church like we do it. In, I'm, I'm trying to see where we stand in rows. We sit, we sing songs, we have this, we do that. And it looks like other churches there are. And God says to me, is that, is that it? Is that what we're doing? You know, your salvation doesn't rest on you walking and coming sitting in com church. It doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Jesus loves his church. We married someone yesterday in this place and I got to say to them, look, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying to me in the wedding, look, many of you have got disillusioned with church. Um, many of you, don't, you're blaming church. You don't like it. You don't want to go to church. But Jesus loves his church and he's going to marry it one day. So without its imperfect, even with all its imperfections, you need to get in one and do it. But let me tell you this, your salvation doesn't rest on how many times you go to church. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. We are just called to be in one place and in unity. So in one respect, what we're doing here is making that upper room moment possible. Because in your own room, on your own, you can't be united with anything. You need to come alongside other believers that believe the same thing as you. They were in one place and of one accord. So every Sunday, we create an upper room environment for the Holy Spirit to come. And that's why we're in church. I'm going to ask Sarah to read this. So unity was one of the big things that came to me from this account of the Holy Spirit moving. And the other was that they weren't focused on their own need. They were focused on God. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come that had been promised. You may not understand this yet. We've got a foundation course that will teach it to you. But Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, they're all one. They're all one. God is God. The Holy Spirit, they were waiting for God to come. They were not focused on how the gift was going to come. They weren't focused on whether 50,000 people were going to be healed that day. They didn't know how it was going to be done. When Sarah reads this scripture to you, you're going to hear about tongues of fire that came down. Not one of them were expecting a tongue of fire. Not one of them were expecting that they were going to speak a language that they didn't, um, they didn't know how to speak. They weren't waiting for the fruit. They weren't waiting for the gift. Yeah. They were seeking the face of the fruit giver and the gift giver. And that's what we do when we come together as Com Church. Sarah, I just want us to put our hands out in front of us. What version? We're reading it from the Passion, Passion translation. translation. I just want us to put our hands out in front of us. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Read it to us, Sarah. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. Now at that time there was Jewish worshippers who had emigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, 
Crowds came running to hear where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these the Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them, said, they're just drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, you need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of cloud will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Lord, we pray that you would empower us with your Holy Spirit this morning. We just want to receive from you. Lord, we repent for the times we've wanted to do it our way. When we've looked out for the sensational and forgotten your still small voice. Lord, we just pray that you would do it your way. In your time. Lord, we pray that it would be followed by thousands and thousands in our community coming to know the reality of their salvation. Lord, we pray that that would be the evidence. Lord, we pray, God, that you would show up strong in our midst. Lord, I pray, God, for a strong com church, strong people that aren't knocked out of the game because of their circumstances but we stand firm and strong no matter what we face because we're empowered not by our own strength but by the power of the Holy Spirit deep in our core. We receive from you in this moment this morning in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.